0: Gil crispy behind the stumps, Matthew Aiden, Slip, Justin Langer, um, Ricky Ponting all around the bat and Shane Warne's bowling your first ball to you. Oh, sh- so I think you would overthink it when that time it was just like, it's another game, yeah. I'm young. And I looked at these amateurs riding the bike in the morning before work, yeah. swimming at lunchtime and running in the evening and I thought as a professional sportsman I'm doing 90 minutes training going home and sitting on the couch and I thought that wasn't good enough.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Fit Parent Playbook. We're thrilled to be joined by former South African cricket captain turned endurance athlete Johan Botha. Ah, sorry to interrupt the podcast guys, but I just need 20 seconds of your time. I need you to stop what you're doing, pull over if you're driving, grab your phone. Go on, do it right now. I just need you to do three small things that make a massive difference. One jump into whatever platform you listen to this podcast on, either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then click the follow button. Go on, do it now. It'll only take a sec, I promise. Secondly, while you're there, quickly rate us and give us a review. Just a few quick words telling us what you're enjoying about the podcast. And thirdly, while you're playing on your phone, jump onto Instagram and follow us at the Fit Parent Playbook. There's even a link to the show notes. Thanks, guys. Now back to the podcast. Johan has had an illustrious cricket career, having played at the highest level and alongside some of the sport's greatest ever players. In this episode, he shares with us the challenges he faced whilst juggling the demands of international travel and starting a family, and his experiences of the training required to perform at the elite level of cricket.
0: A couple of fielding sessions with John T. Rhodes and... A couple there that I thought, wow, this is getting hard because, you know, it's almost relentless. If you drop one, the next ball goes up and if you drop that, they just keep coming and he makes you run and it's all high intensity. You know, when he trained, he lifted the, the level um, and then in that team, you know, you field with Herschel Gibbs, Avery de Villiers, JP Duman, and you look around and some of the best fielders in the world and you think you don't want to let that standard down. So you need to rise and lift.
1: Since retiring from cricket, Johan has channelled his competitive spirit into endurance running. And he opens up about how his new passion has changed him both physically and mentally. He also shares with us how his dedication to his running has began to inspire his wife and children to lead healthier lifestyles.
0: Monica, some of her walks, or her thing is at least 2k a day. Um, So she makes sure she gets it and she's done some of those at 10.30 at night.
1: Really? Yeah. Just and, to
0: make sure she's... Yeah. And when I was in Pakistan, day. she walked up and down our passage for two Ks.
1: wonder so, where she gets that like, from, eh? Hey?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's like nine meters that's or just... eight meters, whatever it is. How incredible is that though? Like, yeah. and, and that's what we're trying to talk about. That's a hack yeah. that people can mm-hmm. do. They think, geez, I'm stuck at home. I don't have a treadmill. Like, I can't walk, leave the house because of the kids. I can't leave yeah. the house because of the yeah. kids. I want to just walk up and down her yeah. Pa- passage.
0: Like, yeah. That's so incredible. It can be done.
1: Join us as we explore this fascinating journey of this exceptional athlete and gain an insight into the world of professional cricket and endurance sports, as we learn from Johan's experiences of parenting whilst pursuing his athletic dreams. Jason. Uh, DK, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm on top of the world in yourself. Yeah, not bad, not you, bad. You got a story for us, Jase?
2: Uh Mate, look, uh, I've just got a quick one, just uh, reflecting on what uh, we talked about with Kerry the other day in regards to identity and so forth I had a bit of a client conversation um, last night so uh, very similar stuff she's got uh, goals of weight loss and she's always trying to talk about I want to lose weight I want to lose weight and we just sort of went back to that same conversation around identity like how are you actually seeing yourself right Mm -hmm. now and what are you focusing on and I think what came out of that is that she's solely focusing on, like, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight. Whereas, uh, obviously, just focusing on that isn't going to do a lot. Um, so we just set some processes. So instead of focusing on the end goal, being, oh, I've lost some weight, uh, we're focusing on walking some steps, like yeah. we did with Kerry. So walking 7,000 steps a day, um, hitting a protein target with her nutrition, um, and then, you know, putting it that we'd hit it 80% of the time. So just some realistic measurable goals and processes that we can do so just a good sort of like reflection on what we talked about with Kerry the other day um had as a conversation last night
1: love it mate I think that's the way to go you know let's let's work on your identity and and we can move on from there yeah let's do it mate to our guest today we have a very very special guest mate we do he is the former South African cricket captain Adelaide strikers legend, Legend. these days he's an endurance running machine mate, but um, most importantly he is the father of 12 year old Austin, 10 year old Ashley and the wife of Monica, no he's not the wife, he's the husband of Monica, <laughs> <laughs> Johan Botha, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys, good to be here. Now, before we get going,
2: hang what? on, hang on, mate. Uh, before we get into it, I just want to clarify something. Um, we all met, first of all, at the old backyard ultra at Loxton. Yeah, we did. Yep. And yep. It's a it's a running race, isn't it, Johan?
0: Yeah, it is. With yeah, yeah. a lot of walking.
2: It, well, yeah, absolutely. But um, I know I've touched on this before, DK. I think you uh, mistook it for a fashion parade. Uh, what, what are you talking about, Jace? Well, um, basically. Every single lap, you had oh. a, a different pair of shoes on, oh. a different top on, Um probably uh, applied some fake tan even in between. More oh, fake just, tan. just for the night. You don't remember that, sense. do you, Johan? You, you don't
0: remember me. I remember the colorful shoes. Yeah. Oh,
2: Every time, no. and he's like, oh, have you used these before? And he, oh, he'd God. always run in uh what, what did you have? How many pairs of shoes did you run? Oh, I,
1: I had three. Three? Six? six maybe yeah. eight? Yeah. I had yeah. eight pairs of shoes. But... Yeah. You know, I thought that it was, you know, a Nike fashion festival <laughs> that we were just well, strutting around Loxton. Well, um, you would have done well if that was the case, mate. Um, well done. Thanks for that. But yeah, it's not about me, Jase. It's about johans It so, is. Johan, first of all, take us back to where it all started for you. Where was the love of fitness and passion? Um, where, did it, where did it start?
0: Yeah, to be honest, it wasn't always there. I think, you know, when you're young and you sort of start out with cricket, it's... Um, you just want to play. You don't want to do the little hard bits and um i must say when i went to england when i was 20 and 21 and 22 to ireland it was only cricket there was no fitness there was no extra running um and i think in that in that first season i all of a sudden bowled a lot of overs and you bat at the top of the order and you know the season's going well and away you go and then at about well probably months to go had a back injury um and i think that was the first sort of big wake-up call to think well you can't just play and play and play you've actually got to start putting in the work um so that sort of cut that season short um and then yeah from there i sort of slowly start taking notice of fitter players um and then I think the biggest change was I lived in Port Elizabeth, which is sort of the Iron Man.
1: It's going to say, yeah, that's Iron Man country, isn't Ironman it? Ironman yeah.
0: country of Africa. So that's where it's been held for the last, I think, 10 years. And I looked at these amateurs riding the bike in the morning before work, yeah. swimming at lunchtime, and running in the evening. And I thought, as a professional sportsman, I'm doing 90 minutes training, going home and sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. And I thought that wasn't good enough. And I started joining the group right in the morning. So I would ride 50Ks with them. And then go to training and I, that's how it slowly started and i thought mm, that's a little bit better and you know i'm starting to feel better
1: how did you approach that so did you just walk up to these guys that were were riding or because i know that's one thing that a lot of people struggle with this is like how do you approach someone t- to improve your fitness
0: yeah I, I think well i had a good mate that has done that for years so he was in the bunch rides and group rides and he sort of told me about it and he said well just come along if you know the guys do pick it up in sort of the the last third of the ride Mm. so they really hit the hammer and you know he said if you ever drop off i'll drop back with you so that was a little bit of confidence that Mm. you know you're sort of still riding in the dark Mm. and you think well i don't want to be on my own in the back here Mm. and he just gave me that little bit of confidence to say you know if you do drop off i'll just sit back with you and we'll just ride into town and ride home together from there so that you start with that, and you you do drop off. You know, you think, okay, I'm a professional sportsman. I should keep up, but you're not cycling for yeah, that different, stage. Different and game, isn't it? They just leave you behind. They hit the hammer and go at 45, 50 k an hour, and mm. I couldn't keep up with that. Yeah.
1: And and so, what sort of training were you doing cricket wise? Well, I'm really interested in the fitness side of of that. Like, um, <laughs> what were you doing at South African cricket?
0: Um, well, up until 24. This is actually like a little bit of a weird story. So, I bowled medium pace till 23 yeah. and I did not train at all. <laughs> oh, really? And the switch came when I started bowling spin and people think, but why when you're bowling spin, you're only walking to the stumps. Yeah. You've got minimal, you know, effort through the crease. And that's where all the switches came. And I, in my mind, I always thought, you know, when the team needs me, And I need to bowl 30, 40, 50 hours in a day. I need to be able to do that. Mm. And I think that's where the switch came. So I bowled a lot more. um, Then got on the bike. I would ride three, four, five times a week with those guys. But I still didn't run a lot. I'd sort of save the running for cricket. And um, only when I was on tour, I would run a little bit. And especially with the South African team on tour. Because their physio, the trainer, all the coaches I had were all runners. So I would do about five runs with them a week yeah. and that wasn't more than 10 k's okay so they would just every morning as a support staff get out and i would just tag along so
1: yeah. were any of the other players doing i think i've heard you say gary kirsten was was he into his running
0: gary was but gary was the coach <laughs> oh he was, so he was one okay. of the coaches yep. um jp dumini joined a few times um but then guys like ab dale steyne they just naturally fit so they Mm. didn't need that and dale's obviously a bowler so he runs 30 meter sprints all the time to bowl Mm. ab was just a natural athlete um so yeah there weren't many runners but i thought you know let me sort of keep testing myself you have to get up earlier you get your work done before training and it's sort of a it was a good thing for me to have those little bit of like heavy legs coming to training and because in cricket, you know, when you go to day 2, 3 and 4, yeah. you're not always fresh anymore. Yeah. So yeah. I needed to try and train that. Um, I spoke to Gary once about his sort of routine when he played. And he said he tried to remake a full day. So he would ride his bike from 10 to 12, have lunch. Then he'll bat from after lunch, say so 10 past 1 till 20 past 3. And then he'll go for an hour run, and then he'll come back and bat for another hour. Wow. And he right. didn't do that a lot, but he said he had to know that he could do it. Yeah. Where, you know, these, not these days, but a lot of guys think, well, when I get in, I'll just do it. Yeah. It's not that easy to just do it because yeah. your mind is probably, as always, the first thing to go. And then you play a bad shot, and before yeah. you know it, you're sitting on the bench and you're out.
2: So how much um, do you feel that uh, gave you the edge? in regards, so maybe you would have, you know, got to a high level because of that.
0: I think I did. I, yeah. You know, I I don't think I was the most talented. I knew I had to work hard. I wasn't, you know, elite with talent. So I yeah. had to squeeze every bit out of myself. Um, so, I, you know, I prided myself in that to work as hard as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and when I, when it was my day on the field, to know that my body was up to it mm. so if I got say to 30 or 40 with a bat and it was hot or you know we had to save a game and bat for all day I wanted to know that my fitness wouldn't let me down and the same with the ball mm. um you know there were I wasn't a lot of games but two or three games where I bought 50 overs in an innings wow. and I just wanted to know that I, when the team needs me I can do it and my fitness won't let me down so that was sort of my motivation to know that if it was my day and i'm getting wickets or i'm getting runs you're ready that is not the fitness that's going to stop me it's you know them getting me out or obviously not getting wickets yeah yeah so
1: this is a pretty interesting um shift that you've probably had so back then your fitness was purely to improve your cricket these days it's probably more for, for other reasons like the endorphins was it purely just to improve your cricket or did you actually enjoy the training
0: I enjoyed the training i I, you know like i said with the south african support staff i enjoyed running with them in the morning i you know i'm quite a bit younger than them um but still it it was good to sort of get away from cricket and and chat to them about other things and you'd run next to the coach and it's not just cricket talk you know it's something else you run you know my favorite run probably was. You drive to where the cable car is in Table Mountain yep. and you run like on the front edge of Table Mountain. So you do 5Ks and then you turn, you do 5Ks back to where the cable cars park, And it was just the scenery. It was running in different parts of the world, you know, Sri Lanka, yeah, India, when we could. Cool. Yeah. You know, so places like that. I just wanted to get out and, and explore that. Um, and that probably got me on the way to when I then just started playing big bash in the last five years of my career i thought okay well you finish in the end of january and you don't play till december again yeah what are you going to do in between and that's where the running really started because that's where i felt i need to find something that's going to challenge me and keep me fit yeah. um yeah and you know then you start with okay i'm going to do a 10k and then it's a half marathon then it's a marathon you think well i'm not quick enough to compete with the best in a marathon i've got to find something and i'm obviously competitive so i thought i've got to go longer yeah and then you hear about backyard ultras and you know that's a nice challenge because the quick guys can't run away from you yeah they've you run a 56 minute lap they run a 36 minute lap yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter yeah. next lap they there you there yeah. and uh, i like that format it's, it's obviously tough and it's long and you don't know when the finish is going to be but I like that side of it.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely get back into the running shortly because I know Jason and I are really keen just to quiz you about that. (laughs) But just a couple more questions on the cricket side of it. So do you remember having like a really hard training session with either the South African cricket team or, you know, you played IPL all around the world? Was there any specific training session that you remember thinking, geez, that was really, really hard and I struggled through?
0: Not so much with the batting and bowling skills because I think having that base or building up that base over time, I never felt that that got hard because in training you only have two or three hours to train and everyone has to bat, mm. but I would probably bowl most of that session. Yeah. So I, I, you know, even in in T Twenty tournaments or going into T Twenty series, I would still bowl ten, twelve, fifteen overs at training and I only needed to bowl four the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So bowling wise and batting wise there was no issue but i had a couple of fielding sessions with John T. Rhodes and a couple there that i thought wow this is getting hard because you know he's almost relentless if you drop one the next ball goes up and if you drop that they just keep coming and he makes you run and it's all high intensity
1: is this when John T was coaching yeah yeah okay. so
0: he was coaching us
1: um because he was an elite fielder for those who don't yeah, know John T. Rhodes. Absolutely. yeah so it w- was he when he was training would he train that hard as well or did he just when he was coaching, just really start growing. No, up.
0: no, I think he did Buzz. You know, when he trained, he lifted the, the level. Um, and then in that team, you know, you field with Herschel Gibbs, A.B. De J.P. Dooman, and you look around and some of the best fielders in the world, and you think you don't want to let that standard down, so mm-hmm. you need to rise and lift. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Jonty had a couple of hard sessions where he's you know, start breathing deeply and, you know, you put a catch down where you think, That shouldn't really happen, but your fitness is the thing that starts letting you down. And again, it just shows that, you know, sort that out and you'll be okay. And then in the match, when you get the one catch, it shouldn't be a problem. But when 10 goes up in quick succession and you start putting them down, then it shows up Mm -hmm. a little bit on, you know, fitness, maybe mental error. Um, So, yeah, it's really only in the fielding point of view where I felt. Yeah. Right. Just, this is getting hard. The balls yeah. not so far to reach, but I just can't get anymore. My legs aren't going anymore. Yeah. Um, but actual skills, uh, you know, it was mm-hmm. never that hard that I felt I couldn't do it. Yeah.
2: yeah. Before we uh, move on from the cricket, got to ask: um, What was it like playing international test cricket for South Africa, having your debut at the SCG against Australia back in two thousand and six? How how was that?
0: Yeah. at The time you know, you're sort of 23, 24 and you don't really take all of it in. Mm. Like if it had to happen now, I think you'll overthink it. And you, yeah. you're up, you know, it's Adam Gilchrist behind the stumps, Matthew Hayden, at slip, Justin Langer, um, Ricky Ponting all around the bat. And Shane Warne's bowling your first ball to you. Mm. Oh, so I think you would yes. overthink it. Yeah. Where in that time it was just like, it's another game. Yeah. I'm young. I don't really care. Yeah. Not don't care, but there wasn't that big hype around it. Yeah, well, yeah. I didn't, build it up that way or I didn't really feel that way
2: yeah and I think you know those sort of legends are made later aren't they once they're retired and so forth do you think yeah. about back to them oh, you know, I don't know I think Shane was always
1: pretty big whilst
2: he, he was playing It right, yeah. was okay wasn't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What who did you play with like for example in that test South Africa wise
0: so our lineup would have been AB De Villiers and Graham no Graham Smith was. no he was playing so Graham Smith sorry Graham Smith uh, Herschel Gibbs um jock Callis, Ab de Villiers, Ashwell Prince. Geez, yeah, they're pretty elite cricketers. Mark Boucher, um Makhaya Ntini, sean Pollock, and I'm missing one. Shaw Langefeld. So that's the team I played in versus yeah. a very good Australian team. Yeah. Michael Hussey. Wow. Um, he was your
1: first Test wicket, Michael yeah. Hussey. Yeah.
0: So yeah. So you know, looking back, it, it obviously it was a big moment, mm. but at the time I didn't really build it up too much and. You know, these days is obviously a lot of hype goes into a debut and so it should be, but I didn't really, it it happened so quickly. It was, I wasn't even on the tour. And then you fly in December 28 to 29 and you play the 2nd of January in Sydney. So it just happened so quick. And all of a sudden you're bowling in the middle of the SCG and you don't really know all the stats about the ground and things like that, where I think if it happened two or three or four years later, I think it would have been yep. a bigger thing.
1: Mm. Now, walking into that dressing room with all these greats, now I know you've always been into your health and, and your fitness. What was the dressing room like? I imagine there'd be a fair bit of egos, but cricketers aren't always the healthiest side of um, life, I suppose. Yeah, it would have been like
2: transitioning back then, wouldn't yeah. it, 2006, where it's becoming a little bit a more little elite? A little
1: bit more elite. What, what were the sort of the diet like of a Graham Smith and a Jacques Callis? Um, that'd be pretty interesting to know. Yeah. You know, I, I always say with cricket, and it might have
0: frustrated me because of the work that I put in, your skills could cover up for so much. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to be elite fit. You didn't have to worry about your diet much. But if you could switch on and switch off as a batter and, you know, be ready for those two or three seconds when the ball comes down at you and step away and switch off. And if you could do that as, you know, the best out there, mm-hmm. you could wear the opposition down. So it wasn't about, pure physical fitness that was probably a little mental trick that the best do better than others um but yeah back then there was no nutritionist or anything funky like that whatever was there in the change room and you wanted to eat it you ate it if you go away from the ground and you wanted to run past maccas you do that so yeah. you know and i didn't say oh, i ate all of that stuff but i certainly didn't worry about it either yeah um and yeah. it, that's really only picked up in the last five or six years when right. i've been running so much because i feel running up and down hills every kilogram makes a difference yeah, absolutely so that's where i sort of tune in a little bit more and um i would now be probably eight kilograms lighter than when i played okay so yeah. that's yeah. all the running obviously but it's also paying more attention to those types of things where when you under 30 you think you're bulletproof you can eat what you want Mm. there's no issues it will just burn off and yeah it does for a while but at some point it's not that easy anymore and you've got to then start making decision am i you know gonna and it you know people think it's a massive change all of a sudden but it might be a little tweak yeah you know just start with a little thing then the next thing and you know i've tweaked a lot of things over the last five years to try and run the kilometers that i do yeah and i think it's not too bad at the moment yeah
1: um so yeah, and you had your children whilst you're playing professional cricket. Yeah, tell us how you went managing that because that's what this podcast is all about: is trying to stay fit and healthy as a parent. You've got this is your full time job. You've got a su- super supportive wife, I'd imagine, yeah. and two kids. How did you go managing them? Was it all about you, like in all seriousness, or was it? Did you do you feel you managed that well?
0: um i think i managed it okay obviously as you said monica was great through it all you know super supportive and if we needed to go somewhere she was always happy to take not the risk or the chance but to take that opportunity on like even coming to australia austin was two and ashley wasn't born yet she was pregnant with ashley so that's a huge thing and you know going out of a baby group which they had established there with 10 little ones 10 moms to step away from that to australia where she didn't know anyone
1: and no support network no parents, no parents nothing yeah no nothing
0: so and then i walk straight into a team
1: yeah you so know, you've go got 20 best to, mates straight away yeah
0: oh, we arrived say the sixth the eighth i played my first shield game mm. so straight away i'm into a team mm. they need to try and find the fit, and, and monica says it herself it took about 18 months okay. for them to yeah sort of settled down, Ashley was here in, in that time. Um, so yeah, that that definitely took some time and it was a challenge. And then you sort of meet one family mm-hmm. and they introduce you to another couple and that's how it sort of went. Um, but yeah, playing wise, when Austin, I think in his first year, I would have missed six months. Okay. I was in India twice. I was in India for a South African tour and I was in India for an IPL. Mm-hmm. And you missed six months over the first year. That's mm. a big thing. So I think that was a big part of the decision to come here. You know, even though I was still playing all formats, but if you go away for a Shield game, it's the four day game, obviously. So a day of travel before and a day after. So it's six mm. plus a one day game. So it's a week you're away. Mm. And it's not six weeks at a time. So that sort of made the transition to, okay, I'm away less. And then obviously when you play Big Bash, then it's only December, January. No. Yeah, so then I was home a lot more. They were at school already. So, you know, you can walk to school with them. You can do all the nice things. But yeah, in the first while, it, it certainly had its challenges.
1: Do you feel you missed out on a lot? Yeah. Do you regret those six months that you sort of missed of your of Ashton's life?
0: Um,
1: oh, sorry, Ashley's life? Austin's life. Oh, it was Austin's? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Austin okay, first.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in a way, yes. But also that was sort of my job in my career that provided for you know the things we could do and we could experience um and it gave us the opportunity to come to australia mm-hmm. um and that was obviously the and it has been a huge thing um to leave family behind yes it's hard but you know it's so easy to live in adelaide now um, if i have to work anywhere you just commute there you fly there yeah. you know so i know australia is a little bit out the way but we just love living here kids are obviously settled at school monica's you know found the feet we've been here for over 10 years now yeah. mm-hmm. um so everyone's enjoying it that's the good thing um but yeah i wouldn't say i regretted it but you do miss out on things yeah. you know like i or we always joke well i was there with ashley's sort of sleep training yeah and i wasn't great at it if she cried <laughs> i would go but with austin monica just she would just yeah. she'd just do it leave him yeah oh she'd leave him. yeah so yeah, okay. leave him if it gets really bad, she'll go in, settle him, but she never put him down asleep. So when he wakes up, he's like, Oh, where am I? Yeah. He went to his cot awake. Yeah. Give him his bottle. He would fall asleep himself. Mm. And then, you know, if he wakes up in the middle of the night, you'll move around and whatever. And if it didn't escalate, that's it. She would just leave him. Yeah. Mm. With, with Ashley. I couldn't even, do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <With> <laughs> Ashley, the first boo, I would be there. Yeah. And yeah. then she wouldn't let me go. No. so you know cots there i she would be looking at the wall i thought she's asleep as soon as you give that first little push yep. forward on the chair she she's she'll up, sit up and yeah. look at me and yeah. nap you're not going anywhere <laughs>
2: <laughs> so how, how do you think having um kids change you like as a as a man yeah that's
0: obviously you know then you've got other people to sort mm. of not worry about but to take care of i think that becomes a big thing um and yeah in the previous question dk when you asked me i, I sort of thought about that training too in port elizabeth mm. that's where that early morning suited me well because austin was still asleep the guys at work nine to five they've obviously go to work but i could get a big part of my training done before everyone wakes up and that's still my routine you know if, if i really like and i need to get stuff done or early runs i still prefer to get it done early. i would wake up at 4 30 to get a run in 5 till 7 before everyone wakes up then i'll get home they start waking up where i feel i don't want to take away from that yep. you know like go run at 11 when it's comfortable but everyone's awake i feel you know i'm away from home when they want to spend time with me yeah so yeah that that's sort of the one thing that i've learned over time but also implemented that Mm. works for me or go late now you know if i have to do a double run i'll try and go when they're almost in bed Mm. you know so don't feel like i'm missing out and you know in the meantime monica started like a walking challenge um so yeah we spend more time together now too so
1: so do you go walking with her on the walking challenge yeah
0: yeah we've been i've done a virtual run of australia already and now i'm on to america yeah and i signed monica up on the first of january for uk and ireland which is the smallest map yeah and um yeah she's got a 90 day streak now where she's just gone wow every day since the first of jan so i gave her the option i said how about starting with three or four days a week yeah and credit to her she just said no because then it's (laughs) easy to yeah sort of find an excuse or hmm. i'll we'll do it tomorrow you know, yeah. i'll do it tomorrow and then tomorrow goes so she's gone 90 days straight yeah and so good. um yeah she's doing really well so
1: was she always into her fitness though or did, is this just something through seeing you running and the drive that you've got that sort of followed on
0: maybe i think maybe she wasn't always into fitness like when she was younger yeah go to the gym type thing but yeah. it wasn't you know a lot of cardio or long endurance stuff like i do but you know i think with the kids wanting to do more of it now like Mm -hmm. austin he just you know i didn't force him at all but he also watches it and he said to me i think last year next year at birdies i want to do a backyard ultra
1: (laughs) how good is (laughs) that because
0: that would be on his birthday the 4th of august this year yeah so he'd be turning 13 sean said you know that's fine I'll, i'll let him enter
1: yeah um do you want to just explain what a backyard ultra <laughs> is? Because there's probably a fair few listeners here mm. that, that don't actually know what it is. So,
0: Yeah, well, the format started with, um, you know, it's a loop of 6.71Ks or 4.08 something miles, I think it is. Mm. Um, and if you work that out, 24 hours gives you 100 miles. Uh, okay. So, that's how the format started. Um, and you do one of those laps on the hour every hour till there's one person remaining so it's either called backyard ultras or last one standing yeah so it could never end yeah well you know as the guys in belgium the two guys finished together and they did 101 hours
1: so they're all awake for 101 hours it's incredible isn't it
0: that's amazing it's you know what the limits can be pushed to the first two guys to go over 100 yeah um and i'm sure more guys will get there but you know that's if you work that out, that's four days and five hours. Yeah. So mm-hmm. If you start today, 600. you're running on Monday still.
2: Yeah. It's insane. And what's the furthest you've gone?
0: I've done 30 in an event. So yeah, that's I think just on 200Ks, just yeah. over 200.
2: And that and was uh, only called off because of lightning though, remember? Yeah, yeah. so yeah.
0: I was still feeling okay then. Really? So hopefully I can do that again in a couple of weeks time in Queensland and
1: have some more in the tank. Yeah, I'm really glad I wasn't there when it was raining because I didn't pack six rain jackets (laughs) and and 18 more (laughs) pairs of shoes. No, but we did mention before (laughs) that the the, the flow-on effect that it's actually had on your family, like you continuing your fitness after being a professional athlete. You know there's a lot of professional athletes. Once they retire, they let themselves go and then that flow-on effect sort of starts to happen to their family. How good is it that Austin now wants to do a backyard ultra? Does that make you really proud? it does and i I think the sort of the thing when i was now
0: in pakistan i told him about a friend of mine doing that david goggins challenge yeah you know the four and 48 and i just told austin about it because he knows josh who's normally my crew guy and i thought okay that's it and then when the weekend came he started with it and he did 24 hours of it so he did Did 40k that's Mm -hmm. awesome and around school around like a youth group so he had to do one and 10 minutes later start the next one because the time just worked out that way mm. and i thought that was amazing you know for him to out of his own um just get into that was was unbelievable and then ashley was sort of the one a couple of years ago she was the one more keen to go to parkrun so in the winter when it's cold and whatever, she would wake me up at 7am and say, come let's go do park run." Oh, and that. Austin wouldn't have any he of it. He didn't like that. that at all. So right. she's actually ahead on the parkrun count, okay. about three runs ahead of him. I think she's, last week was the 30th. 30 parkruns already and yep. she's 11. Yep. Wow. And um, Austin, but he's starting to run quicker now. He's getting smarter. He thinks, you know, if I run a quick one, I can sit and wait for them. No. So I think two weeks ago he did his PB, which was 26 minutes. And then you can wait for us for 25 minutes.
1: Oh, wow, he's already beaten your PB, Jace. Yeah, I know. And that's impressive. It's a bit sad, isn't it? <laughs> but that's awesome. So it has flowed onto your whole family now. Um, yeah, absolutely incredible, mate. Um, and that's what this podcast is all about, just creating that, that atmosphere, I suppose, at home, which then just filters through. So awesome
2: stuff, mate. What, what do you think it is about, um, not older, but uh, more mature guys, girls oh. doing endurance stuff? You know yeah. what I mean? There's not a lot of 20-year-olds out there, is there? No, there's not. I like, think we're probably busier than ever. We've got kids, yeah. so why?
1: Yeah,
2: why, why do we start? I think you just slow
0: down a bit and that endurance uh, is sort of built up over time in your legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I certainly can't compete with guys in a marathon. You know, I haven't no. run under three hours at all. Mm. If you run over three hours, you, I'm not even think. you know, I'm talking over three, you're not even in the mid-pack. Because so many can run under three hours these days um so i just sort of thought i've got to find something that's a bit longer and i can still compete yeah because that's ultimately what i want to do and that's what i miss competition yeah that's what i miss from playing you know i don't miss the training and stuff but i do miss competing Mm. you know bowling against someone or facing up to someone um so i needed to find something and i think you know, backyard certainly helped that. I, I would still do point-to-point point races, but
2: it will probably be longer ones where... What's the longest you've done at the moment? Uh, point, in a point-to-point? Point point. Point. I've done a right. 100-mile.
0: Right. So I've, I did 100-mile in the Flinders probably two years ago.
2: The Hubert.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hubert 100. Um, yeah, so, you know, I know there's 200-mile races and, and whatever, but uh, not yet. I would like to tick that off in the backyard, see if I can go for 48 hours
1: now you mentioned the competitiveness uh, and you also said you're counting the park runs at home so has that competitiveness flown through your family as well or is that something that do you keep a park run board a live running tally of everyone's pbs how many they've done
0: um well the good thing with park run is obviously if you sign up you get that barcode yeah. so they send you your stats every week mm. but there's also a app i think it's called 5k runners or something mm. and that Counts all your stats for you, you know, where you've run your quickest, when it was your quickest, um, how many, obviously, and that sort of keeps the count for us. So Ashley knows she's competitive in that way. She knows she's in the lead and she won't let it up. But Austin also knows that, you know, he's running faster than most in the house at the moment. So yeah he goes with that one at the moment and then you know when i've done my run i normally try if i have a decent run try and do it all before park run yeah and then i'll walk with monica walk
1: with him yeah okay cool now is it true yeah you once did a hundred mile race around the block of your house no did you that's, do it that's true oh, okay. that's true
0: so i think it was 2020 COVID year prep for UBIT 100 as we just spoke and um the race got called like a week before. And yeah. I said to Monica, I'm feeling good. Uh, <laughs> well, you I'm going to run around really? the block <laughs> I've, for
1: 160 I've, kilometers. I've
0: never done 160 kilometers. I entered the Adelaide 24 hour the year before. Yeah. And that was my goal. And yep. I only got to 137. Yeah. Yeah. And piss I said piss to poor her, effort. Yeah. Around. Terrible Is effort. It? Yeah, Stopped too much. <laughs> and um, I said to Monica, I'm going to try and run 100 miles. Yeah. And um, I think it was... 20 hours 58 minutes wow. um yeah just around the block but the so it was again, a one kilometer block wasn't it yeah one kilometer block but the good thing again in that was different people came to run oh, with okay. me yeah. during the yeah. event yeah. and five or six guys got PBs, oh, the cool. furthest that ever run so yeah. you know that was nice to see that
1: sort of people got dragged along and pushed to push themselves again is that something you did did you reach out to your friends and say i'm gonna do this um would you come Come with me, or did people come up to you? Uh,
0: there's a few that I sort of sent messages and just tried my luck, sort of thing. But you know, if they didn't rock up, I would still do it. Yeah, and I just said, sort of try to get interest first, and then I drew up the schedule. Okay, I need someone between these hours. I need someone. Yeah, I need someone there. And the same happened with my birthday run. um Put it out there on a the running group, and. You know, guys started putting the hand up and saying, I'll be here between those hours, I'll be here then. And it sort of worked itself out. Yeah. And, you know, that was great to help because that's not something you want to do on your own for that long.
1: It really flows on from our last week's guest, um, Jason. If you remember, Adam said he reached out to a mate mm. to get back into his fitness. It is so important for people listening, like... Either feel free to reach out to someone if you're struggling with your fitness, or if you're really into your fitness, why not message someone that you think might be struggling and get them to come mm. on board with you? You don't have to do 160 kilometres like Johan mm. around a block, but why not message someone and say, "Why don't you come for one lap with me?" Yeah, and get your friends mm. up and moving. But look at uh,
2: look at all the PBs that were achieved. Yeah, you well, know what I mean exactly yeah.
0: right. <laughs> I think another one was, or is, is you know. We often go to a coffee shop and sit down to catch up, yeah, where I try to meet someone there, we buy something, then you go for a walk, yeah, so you don't sit down, so we'll walk along the beach for an hour, yeah, and you know you get moving um and one thing I forgot to say earlier about you know one of the questions was, you know, as a professional, I always thought. I wanted to be fitter when i finished than when i started because i'd seen too many players look a bit different from that first debut photo (laughs) to when they finish um so that was always my goal to try and be in a better space when i finished and i think that's what helped me along you know to work harder as i got older and not sort of be on the decline and then when you stop you stop completely Mm. um you know when i played i couldn't do what i'm doing now so i'm
2: Right no, that's what I was going to ask. You, you'd you be the fittest you've ever been, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. So I'm really happy with that and consistency, um, managing if there's any little niggles. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely. And I don't have a team physio now. There's no mm. someone to look after me all the time. I've got to do all of that stuff myself. So
2: do, do you do any strength training at all?
1: Have a look at him, Jace. No, I don't. Well, I don't judge a book by its cover. No, no, yeah, cool. right. Sorry, Jace. I do. <laughs> no, that's None one thing all. I've thought about
0: a lot. Yeah. You know, you listen and you watch some ultra runners, they swear yeah. by it. Like, you've got to get the strength in. Yeah. And then there's some that just run. And yeah. I'm one of the just runners.
1: Yeah.
2: Is that because uh, you
0: just enjoy it more? 100%. Yeah. Even when I played, I was never a big gym guy, you know, I would do my sort of shoulder stability stuff and make sure that my shoulder's okay. But I was never lifting weights because my argument at the start when I started playing was they gym for three months and then when the season started there was no gym. So I said that's not going to carry you for nine months because that's like the early days and then they started having that one session of gym in the week I think just to tick a box yeah, and I just said well I'm going to do something that I can do for 12 months Mm. and you know rehab, shoulder, whatever and I think that work way better for me plus the cardio. Hmm. Um, so, that's sort of the way I went and I've never been a gym guy. So, yeah. you know, while there's no serious niggles, I'll go with it.
1: Yeah, cool. Okay. Now, you did touch on it briefly that you like to get up nice and early in the morning and get your fitness in. This is the question that most parents struggle with. Where do you find the time? Now, you're running 100 plus kilometers a week plus walking. Obviously, you incorporate Monica in with some of that walking as well so you get a bit of you know relationship time there how do you manage the time for all your training and to be a good parent good husband work
0: yeah that's that's probably the toughest one i think getting up early is one Mm -hmm. um but obviously you know when your kids are younger both parents can't get up early yeah so that's where you know monica's obviously been a huge help that i can get out early uh, get my stuff done and then sort of be available for the rest of the day then the other one now would be the my kids are bigger so mm-hmm. ashley rides her own bike to school austin rides his bike to school so i can go for a run pretty much then if i wanted to but yeah. i still find the early mornings a bit of a challenge so the mental challenge still comes into it and now with monica walking you know i would have walked with her probably 80 90 of the time now so mm-hmm. you know people out there might say well gee he must have a nice job but for me obviously i go on the road for three four five weeks Mm -hmm. like i've just been in pakistan for five and a half weeks coaching um so in that time you obviously miss everyone but when i get back i've got some flexibility well i know everyone doesn't have that luxury so i think that the thing probably to take from it is you know, it might just be 20 minutes. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be hours and hours and kilometers and kilometers. It's just to get something like Monica, some of her walks or well, her thing is at least 2K a day. Yeah. So that's, you know, if you walk decently, that's 20 to 20. 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, so she makes sure she gets it. And she's done some of those at 10.30 at night. Really? Yeah. Just and, to make sure she's... Yeah, and when I was in day. Pakistan, she walked up and down our passage for 2Ks. I well, so, no, where she gets that like, from, eh?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's like nine meters or just... eight meters, whatever it is. How incredible is that, though? Like, yeah. and, and that's what we're trying to talk about. That's a hack yeah. that people can mm. do. They, they think, geez, I'm stuck at home. I don't have a treadmill. Like, I can't walk, leave the house because of the kids. I can't leave yeah. the house because of the kids. to yeah. just walked up and down her yeah. pa- passage. Like, yeah. That's so incredible.
0: It can be done. Yeah, yeah. You know, The kids are in bed or now, because they're older... Um, we might just walk around the block. So, we're still close enough, mm. but we walk when they've just gone to bed. Um, and it's like quarantine. I did four of those two-week quarantines. Mm. The one I rode my bike, the one I didn't do much, the one I skipped, and the one I just decided I'm going to challenge myself and run. Yeah. So, I would have run 110Ks in 12 days in my room, 7 meters. The front wall, <laughs> <No way. laughs> front door to the back wall. And my longest run is 26K,
1: oh, forward right. and back. Or, yeah yeah. They're
0: like to that wall touch left hand come back to this side touch how, right hand solid how was two. the carpet mate yeah <laughs> uh it was still okay i, I had <laughs> my bed even positioned so every now and then i would like imagine the trail so i'd jump on oh, the corner no of my bed, <laughs> jump over the bed
1: <laughs> one thing uh, and i was super jealous of this when we did that um backyard ultra in loxton you bought your whole family there uh you had a camper trailer you had your kids crewing for you i thought that's a fantastic way for your whole family to go on a holiday you've got a backyard ultra coming up shortly taking the whole family again are you
0: yes so we got that camper last year just before loxton so october we got the camper we went to birdies in august and um we saw a couple when they had that camp and we thought geez this is nice this is luxury mm-hmm. um and you know monica and ashley didn't really enjoy the swag so much yeah so um <laughs> you know we started chatting about it they said well if we can have this we'll go we'll with you her in. so now our road trip next week is 2000 k's to queensland and then we'll drive the long way back we'll go via the great ocean road so good um yeah we'll spend three weeks in a confined space Uh, so we'll see how it goes by the end but it sounds exciting for now and everyone's loving it you know like austin he used to go with josh wherever we went and he would be one of the crew and that's how it started for him so now he's pretty tuned in like he knows when i need something i've got obviously my notes written out um so if monica does need a break austin takes over and as you said in loxton ashley was actually the one that surprised me the most she stayed we started at 10 a.m she was still awake at 2 a.m. Still every lap, she's there. Dad, what do you need? Um, I'll get it for you. Yeah, oh, good. You know, so that's great. I, you know, it's a that's a great thing with a, with a backyard ultra is because you come past
1: the aid station yeah. every lap where point to point, it's not that easy. Mm. Mm. Sounds like you've done it perfectly and you've got it all on track now. <laughs> the kids are, are, are a bit older. Obviously, it does make it a lot easier. W- Let's just go back to when the kids were a bit younger and you mentioned that you were still a professional athlete, you were traveling a lot, how much did that affect Monica's fitness because she was obviously, you know, stuck at home yeah. with the kids, um, was that pretty tough on her or did she still manage to, to keep fit or how did that work for her?
0: No, that was very tough on her, she, it would have been. you know, it really dropped off, mm-hmm. you know, after having kids, I'm not at home for, you know, long periods, um... And she always says, "I wish I had another hour in the day because yeah. there's just so much happening." And by the time the kids go to bed, she just wants to shut off and not worry about. I am mm. okay, Got to put my shoes on now and go for a walk. So oh, I'm not
1: walking up and down the hallway no. five thousand times. That's fair enough. No. Yeah.
0: So for you know, for a number of years, that definitely wasn't a priority, and I mm. can see that and I understand that. That mm. you know, and, but for me, that's always been me. Like mm. I'll, a professional sportsman, you always want to do something. But she didn't see it that way. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not top of the list. That's like right down at the bottom yeah. of the list. More
2: survival, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, two kids by itself.
0: If You know, whatever needs to be done in the day, that's first. And the fitness was last. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's done little like challenges in the past. But I think with this virtual run now, she's really accountable. And she like, really has done great you know 90 days straight i would never have thought that i sort of gave her the easy option i said how about starting with two or three or four days a week just get going and she says no i've got to go all out yep get into the routine and um you know now she she started working again monday to wednesday yeah so we just fit it in probably late afternoon as she gets home let's get it done or in the evening when the kids have gone to bed yeah or now on thursdays and fridays when she catches up with friends that's what she does they'll walk somewhere get mm-hmm. a drink or or just go for a walk and mm-hmm. it's not just sit down catch-ups so mm-hmm. you know that's great to see and the park runs become a thing for us again where all of us go we've probably all gone every week from the start of the year so yeah. we've done about what's that 10 together yeah i always um, see you
1: on the park run with the kids it's <laughs> fantastic yeah
0: yeah so you know we've got a nice routine going at the moment but it wasn't always that so yeah. you've got to establish it you've got to You know, find what works for you and and like I said, it it doesn't have to be hours and hours. It Mm. might be, it might start with 10 minutes. Can Mm. you do 10 minutes a day? That might be one kilometer. Because I've I've seen guys that have got one K a day Mm. or one mile a day. And Monica's just said, okay, I'm going to do two K a day. That's my minimum. Mm. So she does do more than that, but
1: that's a must. Yeah, I think there's just so many incredible points that you've just mentioned. Mm. Then one, how supportive Monica has been of you, and um, yeah, I think think that's incredible. The second point that she then has decided, look, the kids are old enough now. I'm going to get back into my fitness. She knew her own personality as well, that she's an all or nothing person, and I think that's one thing when you're talking about your fitness, getting to know your personality and not and what's going to work for you. A lot of people. You know, they just try a, a, a fad diet or a 12-week challenge. That might not work for you. Monica mm-hmm. has understood, I'm all or nothing. I, three days a week, I'll come up with excuses. So, it's going to be seven days a week. Yeah. And for you to then support her as well, saying, I'll come for a walk with you. Like, I just think that that's fantastic, Matt. You've got, given us so many takeaways. Um, normally, we ask for a, the guest to come on and give us a couple of takeaways, but I reckon that you've just involved <laughs> it in the... Uh, in the whole podcast. Now, we, we, we'll start winding things up here. But as always, mate, we have a question from last week's guest, Johan. And we're going to ask you for to give a question to next week's guest as well. So, last week we had Adam Thompson on, former Port Adelaide footballer and Richmond Tigers footballer. And he said, and it might not be relevant for you, but I'm sh- sure you can uh, find a time that it was. When in your life have you felt you needed a little push... To get back on track with your fitness. And what was the catalyst to help make that change?
0: Yeah, I think we I touched on it earlier with playing club cricket in England when I didn't train at all. Yeah. And then I picked up an injury when I felt I was playing at my best. Like I had a really good season, mm. but I couldn't bowl anymore because I had a back injury. And I think that's one thing that sort of twist and tweak me a little bit to think okay well it can't just be cricket you've got to actually put in extra Mm. work and you've got to look after your body and you know i was nowhere near recovery like i am now um so that took time but that certainly was a point in time where i thought okay you're not unbreakable you can't keep going and keep going and bowl 25 overs every club saturday Mm. and nothing's going to happen and eventually it gave and, um, you know, going back from there, I went to, like I said, to South Africa and then started joining the Ironman cycling group, mm. um, the odd evening run with a friend. And that's how my fitness sort of started lifting slightly. And it was only the fitness side. There was still no diet. there was no recovery. Yeah, right. It was nothing funky. I just wanted to do a little bit more. Yeah.
2: Um, did, did anyone suggest that to you or you just went like, All right? No, no one suggested
0: it. it. I just sort of became aware of it and I just felt almost in my mind I have to justify being a professional sportsman like I felt I didn't do enough you know to be paid and only train for 90 minutes (laughs) go home chill Mm. that's pretty easy Mm. yeah and I just felt I didn't want to do that and over the next little while the challenge to myself came I want to be fitter when I finish than when I started and I certainly was you know, at when I started 18 to 38, I was way fitter at 38. So I'm proud of that side of it. Um, so, yeah, certainly that's how it evolved for me. It, it was certainly not anything near that at 25 to 28, it was little bits extra.
2: Same here, mate. <laughs> um, now, I
1: did say that I'm not going to ask you for any takeaways, Johan, but I've changed my mind, yeah <laughs> Give us a takeaway, Johan, that people can work on this week, something simple that people can work on you've given us so many what, what would be your number one
0: I think if you push for time it's just to find that little bit you know even if it's walking around the block with mm-hmm. the little ones like even when Ash and them were little mm-hmm. we would just say let's walk around the small block which yeah. is only 600 you could extend it to 1k yeah. but let's go for one loop mm-hmm. just to get them out the house they've been in the house all day playing we're starting to fight yeah. things are going fair shaped yeah. at home yeah. let's just go for a walk yeah. um so i think there's you know 24 hours sounds a lot and i know sometimes you push for time but i'm sure everyone can find 5 10 15 minutes just to get the routine going i think that's the, the biggest thing and you now i'll give you my question now but yeah, no, go for it sort of my question would be to the next guest a um, little bit of what we're talking today is how long did it take to establish a routine? Love it. So what I mean is some people just jump in. It's yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. First day I'm set. I'm going to do this. Some people do two weeks and think nothing's happening. I'm done. Mm-hmm. This is it. I'm stopping. For the next person, I don't know who it might be, but hopefully it's someone with a long routine. Yeah. So that's a great example to mm-hmm. us, yeah. you know, how, what it actually takes mm-hmm. to stick at it.
2: Awesome.
1: Awesome. Now, I've got one more question for you, and this is probably the most important question of the whole podcast. These backyard ultras that we've been speaking about, how many pairs of shoes would you recommend bringing <laughs> on a backyard ultra?
0: Well, Loxton, funny, Jace was saying
1: it earlier, Loxton, I had eight pairs. Oh, oh you're beautiful. So I'm not even number one. But, but how many did you use? Yeah.
0: I used all of them. Oh, my God. But so
1: you're actually the peanut here, uh, Jace. sounds like it. Yeah. yeah.
0: But for me, it sort of breaks it down for me and I've got to find stuff to get me through the first while um, and every three hours I would change my shoes. So right. I know that's 20 is done. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You know, you start yeah. a lap. Okay, these shoes are fresh. They feel good. The second lap. Okay, this is the middle lap of the three mm. and then you think, okay, that's done. And then you think, okay, I've only got one more then I'm changing. Okay. So it's sort of just breaking just like it up for me. Points for you. Mm. And I know that eight of those gives me 24 hours eight threes mm. mm. so i'm working on a day at a time mm. so that's the way I, I break it down and it certainly helped where in the past you sort of just run in hope and your mind starts going where this sort of mm. ticks off boxes along the way i might
2: get uh, my goal's 24 hours this year <laughs> so you so can I might get eight shoes. pairs yeah. up on the wall and just every three and yeah, just every three throw like them that. out after that dk and also
1: johan just for rianne and my wife here can you just tell her that you need at least 38 nike t-shirts <laughs> To change into and at least 25 (laughs) pairs of shorts as well. Just say that, please. And I'll just edit out my little bit. Uh, uh, I definitely think you need options in
0: backyards because, um, you know, the the smallest thing makes a difference there. You know, if your shirt gets wet and sticky, I did it the other day in a training run, and just the change of shorts and shirt made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And I thought, no, I'm done. I'm not enjoying this. I'm out here by myself. It's hot. And a change of shoes clothing probably gave me an extra two or three laps just like that where right. i felt okay again and then it feels the same again after two or three hours so it's another change so i sort of try to train that routine of changing but like i said there i was on my own so yeah. your eight minute rest or 10 minute rest goes like that because you want to change you want to fill up your bottle yeah where you do need a crew in yeah. a backyard ultra it's hard to do it on your own i've done it on my own and i've obviously, as we've spoken about, I had help now
1: from my family and that makes a huge difference right. to just This year, DK,
2: this year, mm. you're bringing your I'll, crew? I'll, I'll crew bring my
1: family. Yeah, yeah. And mm. Johan's going to bring his family and all, all crew together. So. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> That'll be cool. Johan, true to his word, Jace, he said he always catches up with people and then, he would like grabs a coffee and goes yeah. for a walk he said i'd love to come on the podcast let's go for a run afterwards yeah. so me and johan are off on a run you're more than welcome to join us jace uh, you... i've already been this morning oh, DK. You've been, yeah. got it done early 5am oh, club 5am yeah. club yeah. johan thanks so much for being on the podcast mate. thanks mate
0: thank you guys
1: thanks again for listening next week on the fit parent playbook jason and dk unpack our top fitness takeaways and hacks so far And we have a bit of a laugh at our own expense. So your wife, let's just recap that. Your wife's just had a baby and you haven't cracked it. Sorry, sorry, mate. I'm just trying to get you over the line there, Claire. Um, Mm. She has just had a baby. She's in hospital and you're upset that she hasn't unpacked the dishwasher. Clarify that for me, Chase. She wasn't in hospital
2: and I wasn't upset. It was uh, more around my personal feelings towards unloading. the dishwasher. Uh, that,
1: that's not how I heard it, and uh, a lot of the listeners were the same. Really? Yeah. Right. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.
2: We'll see you next week.